Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Solomon near the end of his life, wrote this book called Ecclesiastes. And of course Solomon had experienced all the great pleasures of life. He had all the money and all the wealth and had all the pleasures you could imagine. And he could go anywhere he wanted. He had everything. And he wrote this book of Ecclesiastes that says he tried it all and he found it all to be vanities. Nothing but vanities. All fail, all fail. Nothing satisfies except this. And he says at the end of the book, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, that at the end of the day, he says, when all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this, fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. Fear God and keep his commands. That's what Solomon says at the end of the day. That's it. Well, Solomon has a son named Rehoboam, and Rehoboam inherits this great country. Israel was the largest it was ever going to be in terms of territory under Solomon. It had the greatest wealth it's ever going to have under Solomon, and Rehoboam gets it all. Remember, Solomon's the wisest man, right? And he says at the end of the day, fear God and keep his commands, son. I think he passes this on to Rehoboam. Fear God and keep his commands, son. And then Rehoboam watches his dad not listen to his own advice. And he watches his dad pursue other gods because he fell in love with all his different wives. And he pursued them and he allowed them to worship other gods. He began to worship other gods and Rehoboam sees this. And he doesn't listen to his father's advice about fearing God and keeping his commands, but instead he does what his father does and listens to his own advice and his own thinking. 
And he eventually becomes king of southern Israel, or what is known as Judah, because God says, I'm going to rip the 12 tribes away from Solomon because of what he did pursuing other gods, and I'm going to leave two of them to his son Rehoboam to continue the house of David, to continue the promise I made in a covenant to David. I'm going to keep my promise, but I'm going to give 10 to you, Jeroboam. And Jeroboam is nobody. He wasn't born a king. He was just a dude who worked hard and Solomon saw him and kept elevating him and elevating him and elevating. And then Ahijah, the prophet, says, listen, God says, I'm going to give you the 10 tribes that I'm going to rip away from Solomon and I'm going to give them to you, Jeroboam, and you're going to become great if keep my commands. If you follow me with your own heart. If you do that. Jeroboam says, all right, well, Solomon finds out about Jeroboam, right, and tries to kill him. So Jeroboam runs to Shishak, the pharaoh of Egypt, and hides away. Well, Solomon dies, and Rehoboam reigns as a tyrant because the people say, please, give us a break. Lower your taxes. Take away some of the physical burdens. And Rehoboam says, "Uh uh-uh. I'm going to make you work harder. Well, the people who were asking for a break were led by Jeroboam, because he's back. And Jeroboam asks, Rehoboam, please, give us a break. And Rehoboam says, no. So Jeroboam says, all right, we are leaving. And they start the ten northern tribes of Israel. And Rehoboam becomes king over the southern, the two southern tribes, basically Judah. So you have Rehoboam, who's king, remember? And then you have Jeroboam, who's king over the ten northern tribes. Two beginning dynasties. Rehoboam, who's carrying on the dynasty of Solomon and the line of David. And Jeroboam, who's starting a new kingdom, a a new line. And he could have been a godly king. Ahijah the prophet said, God said, I'll make your line great. You're going to last forever if you keep my commands. Well, what did we learn? Two kings. Two starts, both at the end of their reigns, it is said this, that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Fear the Lord. Keep his commands. That's the end of the story. That's what Solomon says. Well, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, they start their stories in the worst way possible. But now we hear the end of their stories. And their end of the stories are not good. In 1 Kings 14, the end of the story starts with Mrs. Jeroboam running to visit that old prophet Ahijah again. Because she's in trouble and she's scared and Jeroboam's scared and Jeroboam sends his wife to go talk to the prophet Ahijah in this town called Shiloh. Now, why doesn't Jeroboam talk to his own prophets? Why doesn't Jeroboam talk to the people who created, you know, his own gods? Because remember, Jeroboam 
It says at the end of his reign, he did evil. Why? Because he didn't fear the Lord. In fact, he started his own religion. Remember that? He built golden calves and started his own religion with his own priests, some in Dan and some in Bethel. And he created these two places of worship, which became a stumbling block and a source of abomination for the northern tribes. And they went and they worshiped there and they had their own priests, which clearly went against honoring God. And it did not keep his commands because God said, if you want to worship me, you've got to do it certain ways. And at certain times, in specific places. And Jeroboam says, phooey with that, I'm going to do my own thing. Because I don't want my people going to Jerusalem. Their hearts might be turned towards Rehoboam. So he starts his own religion. And they pursue other gods. And they start worshipping other gods led by Jeroboam. Well, Jeroboam's wife is running. I think, running to meet the prophet Ahijah of the one true God, Yahweh, because he knows his gods are feckless and useless. Why is she running? Why is she going to see him? Because her little boy, Abijah, is sick. Her little boy, Abijah, is about to die. Jeroboam and his wife are heart-stricken about it, and they want to find out what's going to happen. Well, Ahijah, the one who gave Jeroboam that initial prophecy years ago, is now way old. He was old then. He's so much older now. And Ahijah is blind. He can't see. And God comes to him and says, Mrs. Jeroboam is showing up. So Mrs. Jeroboam is coming, and she's in disguise. She doesn't want people to know who she is. Because it wouldn't be cool if the wife of the head of this new religion was going to see a prophet of the old religion of the one true God, Yahweh. It wouldn't look too good if people knew that the queen is going to go talk to Yahweh instead of the gods they're supposed to worship. And so she comes in disguise. She enters the house and this blind prophet, the minute she steps in, says, all right, Mrs. Jeroboam, sit down. What? You know who I am? Yes, I know exactly who you are. You're blind, I know, but I worship the one true God. And then he says, listen, I've got some harsh words for you. I've got some bad news for you, Mrs. Jeroboam. Not the way you want to hear a message from the Lord. Hey, I've got a message from the Lord for you, Mrs. Jeroboam, and it's bad. Oh, my goodness, she must have been crushed. And basically, Ahijah says, your son is going to die. And in fact, all males in the family of Jeroboam are going to be cut off. And in fact, if they die in the city, the dogs are going to eat them. If they die out in the country, the birds are going to eat them. They're not even going to have a proper burial. That's a shame. And he says, the only one who's going to have a proper burial is your son, Abijah. Because the Lord has found something favorable in him. That's what it says. The Lord found something favorable in him. He's the only male in the line of Jeroboam who's going to have this proper burial. I don't know if little Abijah followed Yahweh. The word for boy here, we don't know if it 
could have been 12, could have been as little as five. Now, Jewish tradition says that little Abijah went and told his dad to let the people go and worship Yahweh in Jerusalem. And so whoever wanted to, he would let them go south. And the reason Jeroboam did that, according to Jewish tradition, is because little Abijah convinced his dad to do that. Now, we have no proof of that. I think it was just the kindness of the Lord. This little boy had done nothing. Maybe it was a little baby. I don't know. But he says he's the only one that's going to be buried properly. The rest are going to be cut off. All the men are going to die horrible deaths and not be buried properly because of your husband's sin. Because Jeroboam pursued other gods. Remember, what did Solomon say? Fear the Lord, fear Yahweh, keep his commands. Well, because Jeroboam didn't do that, I would have made his line great. Remember, I just said, you just obey the Lord and I'll establish your kingdom. But he didn't. He pursued other gods. He built golden molten calves, Ahijah says, and because of that, I'm going to cut off his line. The heirs of Jeroboam will not reign as king. They will die, and I'm going to raise up a king who's going to take over, and I'm going to raise up a king who's going to wipe them out. And who is that king? We're going to find out in future episodes. But then he says, on top of that, northern Israel, all the kings that are going to come from that, I'm going to scatter them. They're going to not stay in the land. They're going to be tossed and torn out of the land, and that prophecy comes true. Later on, the Assyrians come in, and they rip the tribes of northern Israel from their land and they take them back to their land to be their slaves and they disperse them all over the world. They remove them from the promised land all because Cherubim pursued other gods and the people went with them. That's the prophecy, Mrs. Jeroboam. That's the prophecy. Your son, little Abijah, is going to die. And all the males in the Jeroboam household are going to die. They're going to be cut off. The only ones who is going to get a proper burial is Abijah. Then the kings of northern Israel are going to peter out and the people are going to be scattered, pulled from the promised land. He said it was harsh. Well, Mrs. Jeroboam goes back. and Now the town she came from was Terzah. She met Ahijah the prophet in Shiloh. It was about a three-hour trip. Well, she's walking back. And part of the prophecy was, Mrs. Jeroboam, the minute your foot crosses the gate of your town, little Abijah's going to die. That must have been tough to hear. And I wonder if she slowed down and didn't want to cross those city gates because when she does, the prophecy comes true and Abijah dies. And it says that 1 Kings 14 at that point, we don't know the time really at this point, but the rest of the life of Jeroboam, he fights this king and he fights that king. And then he dies to go be with his fathers. 
What's interesting is in a parallel passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, it talks about that Jeroboam was struck down by the Lord. The Lord put him to death. He didn't just die of old age. No, the Lord at a certain time said, I'm going to strike you down. It doesn't say exactly how he died or, or when he died, but we do know this. The Lord struck him down. Why? Because he did evil. And he led his people in the worship of other gods. And eventually in the worship of Baal and Asherah and far away from, from the one true God. And he built this cultic way of worship that wasn't the true way to worship. And he totally depraved, and the big word is apostatized his people. Jeroboam in the end dies. Fear the Lord, keep his commands. It's marked over Jeroboam's reign that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Remember, there's Jeroboam. Then there's the king of the south. His name's Rehoboam. Two kings sort of starting at the same time. Well, Rehoboam is 41 when he becomes king. And he starts out as a tyrant. But not only that, Rehoboam also does not fear the Lord. He does not follow God. And instead, he goes after other gods. And he acquires to himself lots of wives. And he starts to pursue other gods to the point where God says, You know what? I'm going to take Jerusalem away from you, Rehoboam. And he raises up this Egyptian pharaoh we've heard of before called Shishak. And Shishak starts to march on Jerusalem. Now this is found in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 12, which again is a parallel account of what's happening in 1 King. And God raises up Shishak to specifically come against Jerusalem to take it from Rehoboam. And he is marching north. He comes from the south and he comes into Judah and he starts taking these fortified cities for his own and Rehoboam knows Shishak and the Egyptian army is marching towards him and he can't stop it. So he's like, what am I going to do? Well, Shemaiah, Rehoboam's prophet, a prophet of Yahweh, Shemaiah shows up and he says, guess what? Shishak is marching towards you because he is this judgment of God upon Rehoboam. It says in 2 Chronicles 12, Shemaiah says, This is what the Lord says. You have abandoned me, therefore I have abandoned you to Shishak. You've started worshiping other gods. Your heart is so fickle, Rehoboam. But then Rehoboam does the one smart thing in his reign. When he hears that this march of Pharaoh from the south is a judgment of God, Rehoboam repents. It says he humbles himself. And he says, I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. And his, his entourage humble themselves. 
And when God sees that, he has genuine repentance. He says, well, Shemia, tell Rehoboam. When Shishak gets here, I was going to give him Jerusalem and you were going to be wiped out. But now you're going to be his servants. He's going to be your vassal lord. And he's going to come in and take stuff. But you're not going to be wiped out, no. Because you repented, you're going to be his servants. And you're going to serve him. So, so that you know, it says, that by serving him, that you will recognize the difference between serving Yahweh and serving some pagan king and the God he worships. So Shishak comes in and he puts Jerusalem under the tribute. Basically, all you know, like part of the money and the wealth and all the stuff they get, they have to give some to this Egyptian king. And Rehoboam is never as strong as his father. And when he's there, Shishak takes 500 shields of gold. 200 large and 300 small. And these shields of gold are worth, some people think, about as much as 33 million dollars. 33 million dollars. And Shishak comes in and takes them back to Egypt. Now the shields of gold were in this glorious palace that Solomon had. Now think about it. Rehoboam, when he took over, inherited immense wealth given to him by his dad. He had also inherited immense land given to him by his dad. The territory of Israel under Solomon was massive, and Rehoboam inherits all of this. And in five years, under the reign of Rehoboam, in five years, it's all practically gone. All that's left is little Judah, the land that they have there. And he just lost $33 million worth of gold shields. And it says there in 1 Kings 14 that Rehoboam, he, he tries to get the glory back. How? By replacing these gold, beautiful shields with bronze. And these gold, beautiful shields used to be on display all the time. And if you went into the palace, you could see them. Well, these bronze shields, weren't, which weren't worth half as much. They were brought out on special occasions and they were guarded constantly. And the writer of 1 Kings is trying to show you that under the reign of Rehoboam, man, things went south. Literally. You know, they lost their shields to Egypt. They were under the tribute of Egypt. They lost their lands. They were divided. Rehoboam took all this wealth and all this territory and in five years practically lost it all. And it says in Second Chronicles that Rehoboam, just like Jeroboam, did evil in the sight of the Lord. But it says in Second Chronicles twelve fourteen that he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Both Jeroboam and Rehoboam had the same problem. They did not seek the Lord. At the time of their greatest need to be the best leader and the best king that they could ever be, what did they do? 
They sought other gods. They left the true loyalty, obedience that David had to the one true God, Yahweh, and they did not follow his example and instead followed other gods. And 1 Kings chapter 14 ends, Rehoboam also passing away, dying. And when Jeroboam dies, his son Nadab becomes king. And when Rehoboam dies, his son Abijam becomes king. What's going to happen to Abijam? What's going to happen to Nadab? We'll come back and we'll find out. But sadly, Nadab and Abijam have been left with a sad kingdom. And they both have examples of their fathers as king who gave them terrible examples of how to live. Jeroboam sets up this false worship of, of another god and pulls his people away from Yahweh. Rehoboam loses half the kingdom and most of the wealth because he's pursuing another god and not the one true god. Abijam, Nadab. Are you going to listen to Solomon's word? Fear the Lord and obey his commands. Are you going to listen to Solomon? Fear the Lord. Keep his commands. Are we going to listen to Solomon? Are we going to follow the one true God? Because Yahweh says, hey, if you want to follow me, you've got to love my son, Jesus. And I've sent him to die on the cross to pay the penalty that you deserve. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. If you want to follow Yahweh today, you have got to follow Jesus. Fear the Lord. Follow Jesus. And then keep his commands. Know what the Bible says. Live it out. If you do that, you'll be successful. If you do that, Abijam and Nadab, you'll be successful. I pray we learn to do that and to live that out and follow the Lord with all our heart and to be loyal and obedient to him as best as we can every single day. Let's not be like Rehoboam. Let's not be like Jeroboam. Let's follow the Lord. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.